I am Andrea Butcher, and this is Being at Work. Being a leader is hard. So on this show, I set out to talk with experienced leaders to learn from their pivotal moments, how they led through the challenges we can all relate to but are often unheard. Today's guest is Mona Euler, founder and president of My Healthcare Advocate. As you'll hear in Mona's story, her initiative and ability to use her experiences have led her to the exciting place she's in today. She is an inspiration to go after it and believe in yourself. Her entrepreneurial spirit showed up at age 11 when she was mowing lawns and selling chocolate chips. Her passion for healthcare and the elderly also began at an early age when she served as a certified nurse's aide. And since that time, she's had the privilege of combining those loves and serving in senior level leadership positions, including CEO, as she'll talk about, in multiple healthcare industries. Throughout the various roles, one thing has remained constant, her love of solving healthcare problems and being a patient and family advocate. Check it out. I think it's important because to talk about where I am now, you have to go back to all of my experiences because I think they really lead up to that. And it's very similar to a lot of people, I believe. My background is all in healthcare. It started, as you said, at an early age, at age 16, when I took a job as a nurse's aide in LaGrange, Indiana. For those of you, it's in northern Indiana. It was there when I... Is that the region? It's close, close, yeah. (laughs) It was there that I really fell in love with helping the seniors. And I think having that exposure is really important. I'm a big fan of Malcolm Gladwell and his books. And I remember reading about Bill Gates, you know, co-founder of Microsoft, multimillionaire. He was a bright student, but he was given the opportunity to work on a computer anytime that he wanted. And he just loved the computer. He loved the programming. And looking back, if he had not at an early age had that exposure, I don't know that he would be where he is today. And he went on, you know, at the age of 17 to found his, you know, his first company and make $20,000. I don't know for me, if I hadn't taken that job as a nurse, if I would have known that I want to be a nurse and I want to help people. I also, what's interesting is I had an entrepreneur spirit when I was little. So we lived on a lake up in Northern Indiana and there was about there was not that many people that lived on the lake in the winter or in the fall. Well, I decided I was going to have a lawn mowing business at the age of 11. And lawn mowing businesses now, there's a lot of them. But back then there wasn't. So I went door to door knocking and saying, OK, I'll mow your yard for three dollars, I think, at the time, which I thought was a lot of money. And they did not have automatic mowers. That means I had to push up and down the hill. And I just remember, I don't know if people felt sorry for me or not, because more often than not, that they gave me lunch or dinner at the end of it, I think, because they felt so sorry for me pushing up the hill. But I was so proud of going to the bank, opening up a bank account and depositing money. I love that entrepreneur. I loved having my own business. I also did that with chocolate chips. This is crazy, but I wholesale chocolate chips. I bought baggies and I stapled them together. And then I went around the lake again and sold chocolate chips, not the Hershey bags, but my own bags. So I think 
I just, I loved the business side, but I loved helping people as well. And so I went to nursing school and it was that same drive. I said, I need to know everything there is to know about every aspect of the hospital. So as a student nurse, I was able to work at PEDS. I was able to work in ICU, med surge. I got all that great experience. I graduated from Ball State woohoo, with my nursing degree. And then I was told when I was going to get my first job, you have to work nights, Mona, because you need to earn up your way to work day shift. And it might take you like one or two years. And I don't know about you, Andrea, but I, I don't like people telling you, well, you can't do that because I felt like I had the experience. I had confidence. It's different than having arrogance. You have confidence that you can do the job. So I did. I did get a day shift job in Indianapolis. And I think I proved to people that you can believe in yourself and still have that drive to do what you want to do. So from that job, I again, decided, wow, I've got this great experience. Now I want to go into management. So I went to the leadership at the hospital and said, I I want to go into management. I want to take that next step into leadership. And again, they said, you know, that's great, Mona, but you're going to have to wait two to five years because these positions, you have to wait till someone retires. And I got frustrated at that as well because I wanted to grow and learn. So I took a position outside of the hospital as a director of nursing in a nursing home. Oh my goodness. We all have those jobs, right? That we never forget because it's so hard. And my hat's off to all those director of nursing in the nursing homes. I was 26 years old. I was supervising people that were over, you know, half my age. It was not in the best area of town. The first three months of my job, I never got a full night's sleep because the beeper would go off. And we had beepers back then, by the way. The beeper would go off at two or three in the morning. And it was a hard job. I mean, really hard. I learned a tremendous amount and I just kept going. I didn't think about giving up because I was growing. I was learning and it really paid off. I was able to turn it around, get the facility functioning, get the staff you know, on the, on the right level. And then another position became available as director of case management in a hospital. This was a different side than I've ever done. I had done the clinical, but I hadn't really done the business side. And so I took the director of uh, case management at Kindred Hospitals, and it was sort of a pivotal moment in my life because now I understood there's a business side to healthcare. We all think, oh, it's the clinical, it's the caring, but you also, it's a business. I found when I was working with clients and patients, it was heart-wrenching for me because these are people that had worked their whole life and assumed that Medicare and their insurance was going to pay. And they their life savings were sometimes depleted because they don't pay if you need custodial care. They don't pay if you need help ambulating or you need just help taking your medications. At that point, I felt like I needed to do something to help people in the business side of healthcare as well to navigate those complexities because these people were lost. So with the director of case management, you know, we talk about opportunities in your life and I think you need to seize on those opportunities as they come even though you're scared. There was one I had been there for about a year, really enjoyed the job, was still learning, and then 
they were creating a chief operating officer at that time. And I thought, well, I should apply. You know, it's a chance to grow. It's a chance to learn even more. So I got the position. I was in that position nine months, and then the CEO position became available. Now, this was big, right? I was confident, Andrea, but I was scared. I mean, I was pretty young at that time. I was 29 years old. And I remember them saying, why do you want this job? And the first thing out of my mouth says, because I think I can do it. So they had flown in uh, an individual from the East Coast, and he was going to interview me for an hour, and then he had to go to the airport. So I sat there in my suit, you know, with butterflies in my stomach, and he proceeded to talk for 45 minutes, you know, about himself, about the company. And I thought, he's going to leave and not know that I really want this job. So I stopped him at about 10 minutes too. I can't believe I did this, but I stopped in it and I said, I don't mean to be rude, but I really have something to say. And I want to make sure you know that I can do this job and why I can do it before you leave. And I remember his mouth sort of dropping down and he let me, you know, talk about my abilities and what I was going to do in that role. Well, I did get the job. I got that CEO job. And that was another really pivotal moment for me. I think because he said I was the first one in the company. It's a nationwide company, the youngest person to become a CEO. And then through the Hospital Association of Indiana, I remember them as well talking to me and said, okay, we've never had anyone that young being a CEO of the hospital, let alone a female, because at that time, there weren't very many females. I didn't have that many mentors that I could go to. So again, that excitingness, the nervousness, but the confidence that this was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. So I worked for Kindred Healthcare for 14 years as a CEO. It was great experience. I got to build a hospital, work in different states, you know, had wonderful staff, challenging, yes. I had three children during that time and my commute was two hours a day, Andrea. So in the back of my mind, I still was wondering always, wow, what would it be like, you know, to have your own business? And I've been in the corporate world and it's great. And I had all these opportunities to move up. You know, corporation was so good to me, Kindred Healthcare. But my husband and I were at that point, like many couples, something's got to give with the two-hour commute, the three kids. So I guess that dream of owning my own business was still with me because I actually found a business for my husband to buy that would allow him more flexibility as I was working in the corporate world. It was never his dream. It was sort of always my dream. So he thought it was a little unusual. I think I was living through him as we were growing his business. So fast forward, I'm still at Kindred, still loving it. And then IU Health came to me with another great opportunity to be the first vice president of neuroscience for the service line for the state. And it was a dream job. I got to work with hospitals and their staff to create these service lines and grow their clinical and their business. I got to open the first neuroscience center downtown for IU Health. I mean, life was good. I was still growing. I was still learning, still enjoying corporate. And then something happened. It was a downsizing. So the company restructured, which is not unusual in healthcare. 
throughout my life, I had seen peers and friends and just colleagues go through this as there's restructuring, you know, they would lose their jobs, but it was the first time that it happened to me. And it was a wake up call, you know, for the majority of my life, I had been in corporate more so than I had been independent. So every day was the same. And I'm sure you're like this too. We get in our routines, right? Get up at 5.30, you have your coffee, (laughs) you look at your emails, you go to work, come home, and then you're usually on your computer. I was just used to that life, Andrea. That was the only life that I sort of knew because I had risen up so quickly. So I was at this point, I had, you know, been downsized. I was looking at opportunities and one came up again, relatively quickly for another vice president position with Community Health Network. I thought, well, I had been doing that. My husband's like, you know, Moni, you've always talked about doing your own thing. Maybe it's the time. And I said, no, you know, maybe in a couple years. I, I know I've always wanted to do that. Maybe, maybe in a couple years, maybe, you know, two to three years. Well, the job at Community, again, within a couple months, another restructure. So that was the moment that I said, hold off. We need to think about this. We need to take a moment to really make sure it's what I want. And without the help of probably my coach, Trisha, who is amazing, I don't know that I would have fully comprehended that I needed to do something else. It was always in the back of my mind, that entrepreneur spirit. But when you rise up, it's really hard to give it up. Your head says, keep the paycheck, keep the corporate, but your heart says, maybe I should do something else. So I remember sitting down with Trisha and talking about the careers. And I said, oh, I've got these headhunters, you know, reaching out to me because there's jobs available in my industry. And I had a lot of, I was blessed with good experience. So I had these opportunities and I was telling her about them, you know, what they were. And then I said, or I could start my own business. So after about an hour, she said, Mona, I wish I had a mirror for when you're talking about your corporate jobs and what those would be like. And then when you talk about starting your own business, she said, it's like you're a different person when you light up, when you're talking about your own business. I think that was really powerful, Andrea, for her to make that connection, something that I probably knew inside, but I needed someone else to validate it. So that is how I was started thinking what can I do? You know, where's my value? I had butterflies at that point. So my husband, we have people that are little village that help us, I believe, right? It's really hard to figure it out on our own, what we should do. And I think sometimes people that know us, know us best. And so my husband was saying, Mona, you get five or six calls a week from people that need help, that don't know where they should place their mom or what their insurance pays for or what level of care they should be, or they just got a diagnosis and which doctors they should go to. And I said, yeah, I love doing that. I love helping people. I love using my experience. And he said, why don't you use your experience? There's not many people that have done everything that you've done and you want to help people. And I thought about it for a minute. I go, well, that's not like a career. That's not a job. And I thought about it more and more. And that's how my healthcare advocate got started. My healthcare advocate, an advocate is a trusted advisor. I love helping people. It's the nurse in me, but I love starting and being an entrepreneur into different things. 
So that's the name of my company. And really, it's using all those skills, everything that I had in corporate life that has been a blessing, but taking it to the new level into something that's directly my own. Yeah, I mean, it does sound like the the, the stars were aligned, right, from that initial 16-year-old job as a certified nurse's aide. Like the universe was conspiring to get you to where you are today. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think we don't look back on those experiences, sometimes say, well, that, you know, I didn't get anywhere. Well, you get something from each experience. Who knew all the different things that I did, I'd be able to give back and add value to someone's life. But it's scary, Andrea. I mean, it is scary. I want to be honest with people. Scary and exciting at the same time. You know, when I was trying to do research, I'm like, you want to make sure that it's a valid company, you know, that's going to bring value and you're going to have some security there. Well, seniors, which is the way I started as a nurse's aide, there's 10,000 of them turning 65 every day. It's amazing. And by the year 2030, one in five people will be 65. So I know the need is out there. And healthcare, let's face it, it's confusing. It's constantly changing. I think you need a PhD to try to navigate all the complexities. Right, which is why your role is so important. I mean, you're a facilitator helping people through that. How long now has it been since you decided to make make the leap and launch My Healthcare Advocate? Six months, (laughs) six months of growing and learning. I thought I was alone in, you know, having your own business. Oh my goodness. No, I didn't realize that like one in five jobs in America are held by consultants or contracted workers or freelancers. It's a huge part of our economy and expected to, to grow even more. So that was comforting. But you do need to find your support system. There are definite pluses and minuses of running your own business. But part of that growth, I think, is the challenge of it. You're forced to learn it. And then when you do, there's just so much satisfaction. And there's so many people that you can reach out to for that help. I mean, 69 or 70% of all you know entrepreneurs, they start at home you know, as a home-based business, and then they grow. So I think that was comforting as well. And the overall majority of those business owners really would say they would do it all over again. Yeah. So what's been the biggest shift for you? I think the biggest shift for me has been, I'm an extrovert. You know, I'm very relational. You know me. Um, I love people. So I love helping them. I found that it was hard for me from being in a corporate environment and like, you know, going out to lunch or just having a coffee or stopping in someone's office because I'm so relational. So it was hard for me to sit in my office, even though I was doing meaningful work in the beginning of the startup. So I found myself going to coffee shops or to the library because I was around people. And I think that that was the biggest challenge for me because of just so much stimulation for so long with multiple people. But now that I go and take my computer and I can make calls from other places, I think that it it is definitely very enjoyable. I think one of the other things, too, for those people that, you know, I've always wondered when I was in corporate, it was great experience. I was challenged, but I always wondered what it was like, you know, to have your own business. 
And so I, I think you just have to be real on there's definite, you can't call HR, you can't call IS when you have your own business, you have to figure it out. But that's where you have your support system to say, who do you use for that? And that's where you network with other people. And it feels really good when you solve your website design or you, know, you solve some computer issues by yourself. You're learning, you're growing. And I think, you know, the, the worst thing is to not try it. Well, and that's another, that's another theme I, I see in your story too, is just the growth and evolution. So you, you've said multiple times that all of those experiences and opportunities supported you like getting to the next step, but you are also a very growth oriented person. So it's always, you know, evolving and expanding. And it sounds like, like this is a way for you to have an impact with something you're so passionate about in a broader way. Yes, it is. I think it's important when you, whatever you do, for me, I, I think it's important that you add value, you know, in any certain way. How do I add value? Well, I add value by helping people navigate their healthcare problems. I use my experience, the wonderful experience that I've got in corporate life to add value to make their lives easier. I think that's one thing when searching for a business instead of searching for the profits or different things okay, what do I enjoy doing? How can I help people? You know, one of the things that I, I have in my office is a couple quotes. And one of them is most people live their lives in quiet discontent, which means, Andrea, they, they go to work and they get a paycheck, you know, but it's really not what they want to do. But they don't tell anybody, but they have that feeling inside. I think that's the worst thing in the world to be moderately happy or to not be content. And I think, you know, when I was in the hospital, I would go to the bedside of many people and I'd sit with their families as they passed and they would tell me stuff. It was a part of my job that I just, I loved being with the families, but they did express some regrets, which really stayed with me as well. I, I remember reading that book years back, you know, the five regrets of the dying. I think it was a, a nurse, a, you know, hospice nurse that had recorded all these people that she said at their bedside. And it was really powerful because the number one regret that they had said is, I wish I had the courage to live a life that was true to myself and my dreams and not what people expected of me. So, and then the second one was, I wish I hadn't worked so much. So I think starting your own business or being your own boss, if it's your dream, you know, we don't realize our dreams sometimes don't happen until the end of our life. I don't want that to happen to other people. I want them to live their dreams. And that was that was a part of my dream was to own my own business and to add value. And that had been brewing for a long time, right? You can see that. I mean, even even when you went to IU Health, right, and it was downsized, you said you were downsized, you said it was a wake-up call. And there was this feeling of what what could that be like to do my own thing? I think that, you know, when you get those things in your life, they happen for a reason. And a lot of times we, I think, can get down and say, well, why did this happen? Well, good people, things happen. You know, I felt like I was a good leader and I was by all accounts, but things happen for a reason. You can't take it personal. You have to think, okay, what, why did this happen? What was the next step? And I was toying with it, like you said, 
And part of me was like, I should do it now. I should do it now. It's something I've always wanted to do. But then the next opportunity came. And after that happened, that that was truly like, okay, I think it is someone or the universe telling me you need to do this now. Right. Life had different timing for you. (laughs) (laughs) It sure did. Um, And I think it's hard for us to sit there and listen, you know, to truly listen uh, instead of worrying about the future, worrying about the paycheck. I think it's really hard to do that self-reflection of what is it that I should do? What is it that my gifts bring to the table? Absolutely. And you'd been preparing for it. I mean, you were so up for it. That's that's the thing in the story that is, I'm definitely taking away is just the not taking for granted all those experiences. They're purposeful and they're preparing me for the future, for what's next. I think so often we we undermine or, oh, it's it's not as important, but it is. It's all so important to the to the big picture. Yes, I agree. I think we just say, oh, I'm working my job, but no, you're growing, you're learning. You just need to utilize those skills for other things in the future. If you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Wow, that's a hard one. <laughs> I would say to not be so impatient, but if I wasn't so impatient, I don't think I would have gotten to where I was. I probably should have taken the leap earlier and listened to my heart more so than my head. I, I think it could have done it a little bit earlier. It's okay. It's timing is everything in your life, but believing in yourself even more and taking, taking that risk. You know, I would have told myself, "Why don't you can do this. You can do it. You don't have to wait. You can do it now. I think that would probably probably be one of the things that I wish I would have told myself a little bit earlier. Yeah. So that's another great takeaway. I, I, I hear a kind of a why not in that, like a, a, a go for it. And you've also talked a lot about the people around you, you know, particularly if you have support and encouragement and a system that is supportive of that move. Why not? Yes. And the people around me, I think it's really important um, to have mentors. I think that you can't do this without a mentor. My career coach was a mentor to me. I remember, Andrea, starting out when I told you at Kindred, when I was one of the youngest CEOs you know, in the state of Indiana and in the corporation, I didn't have mentors that I knew of. And so I remember calling up the only other female CEO that I could find and actually just calling up her on the phone saying, can you meet with me for lunch? And she said, oh my goodness, I would love to. But I said, I need a mentor. I don't know you but there's not very many female CEOs and would you mentor me? She took me under her wing, but it just took me by surprise that I actually had to go out and find one. There wasn't organizations, uh, you know, around for that and bless, bless her heart. I mean, she was just, she was amazing. So I do think having that support system, talking to other people that are going through it or that have gone through it, you know, and asking their opinions, Starting your own business, I, I just want to be honest, you fail at some things until you get it right. You know, whether it's your accountant, whether it's your lawyer, you, you, you learn as you go. And there's no other way to do that. That's just part of growing. And so I think it's okay that everything doesn't have to be tied up with a little bow. I don't think it's okay to not reach out. 
<laughs> right. And, and so I suspect releasing yourself from that is really helpful. Like very much having a spirit of like, I am learning as I'm going here. <laughs> laughing at yourself, just saying, I don't have to know it. You know, in the corporate world, if we make a mistake, we just internalize it. You know, we we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you, we don't a lot of times give ourselves grace because we want to be perfect. Well, you can't be perfect when it's just you. You have to say, oh, you know, I should fire that HR person. Well, it's you. You know, I should fire that marketing <laughs> person. Well, it's you. So you have to laugh at yourself and, and you have to be willing to say, okay, next year is going to be better because I learned this. It's just making those positive steps, right? It's just saying, I might stumble. I might stumble, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going. I'm not going to give up. That's such good. That's another great takeaway is just to not take things so seriously, not take yourself so seriously. Like give yourself grace, man. Yes, definitely. The positives outweigh the negatives. They definitely do. If you can get over the fear, I think you have to have that that feeling in your heart. You're doing the right thing. You're adding value. This is something that you've always wanted to do. Yeah. And that's another, you know, we've, we've highlighted the, like taking advantage of all the opportunities, like learning as you go, not taking yourself so seriously. The other, the other thing I hear in your story, which I think is a great takeaway for all leaders is taking initiative. You know, you, you stepped into these opportunities and just a few minutes ago, you were talking about taking initiative to seek out mentors. I mean, you, so there's also, you know, you you are the way I'm, I'm thinking about it is you're co-conspiring with life in a lot of ways, right? So life's providing opportunities, but you're stepping into them. Yes, I, I think this is important for people to realize. You can have confidence, and I want everyone out there to have confidence in themselves. It's not arrogance. Confidence is the ability that you know you can do the job as you're learning, right? You may make mistakes. You're not going to be perfect. And you have to seize on those opportunities when they come, even if you have butterflies in their stomach and you're nervous, you know, about taking the role and all the responsibility, they're coming to you for a reason. You have to be open. You have to open yourself up to always being challenged and taking that next step. If you are not growing, you just physically, it's not good for you physically and it's not good for you mentally. So exactly right. Being open for those opportunities, searching for them, you know, like calling people, asking for, you know, that, that next level of advancement. It's, it's really important that you go after it and believe in yourself. Go after it and believe in yourself. That may be the title of this conversation. (laughs) So, So good. Mona, so many great takeaways there. Hey, if our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? I am definitely on LinkedIn and it's got my contact information on there. Okay, great. Mona, thank you for being a guest. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a Being at Work story. 